Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. Relationships evolve, often in fairly predictable ways, but sometimes taking unexpected twisting turns. In a prior episode titled The Relationship Life Cycle, we identified six different stages that an intimate relationship can pass through. Since change is effectively inevitable in relationships, it's good to understand not only these relationship states or stages, but also the conditions that tend to drive transitions between those. In this episode, we'll explore some of the factors that can drive relationships to evolve. As humans, we often find ourselves trying to hold on to and maintain situations that we find satisfying. This tendency certainly asserts itself in our meaningful relationships, in which we try to ensure our uninterrupted and privileged access to the special people in our lives. Our relationships are precious to us, and there's always a potential risk that our special people will lose interest in us or be lured away by another relationship prospect. In relationships, as in life in general, there's little that's certain and predictable as time moves on. Perhaps to our chagrin, we can't reliably control our relationships or our partners. Those aren't possessions that we can own. Our lack of that control is probably a good thing, since every person needs the ability to choose their own path through life, rather than being subjugated to the will of others. Relationships in which that autonomy is violated are unhealthy and unhappy for all involved. Many ingredients go into the planting of a new deep connection. The personalities, goals, desires, and beliefs of potential new partners need to be sufficiently well aligned that both partners feel comfortable with their mutual familiarity. Some of the factors that drive initial attraction are rather mysterious, perhaps rooted in the subconscious minds and hearts of the partners. Like needles orienting within a magnetic field, potential new partners find themselves drawn to one another. In this first impression state of a relationship, the partners haven't yet interacted enough to know one another, but they feel a sense of dopamine-mediated reward in each other's presence, as well as excitement and sometimes giddiness, mediated by norepinephrine and serotonin. They may well feel a strong sexual and sensual pull, mediated by testosterone and estrogen. Under this attractive force, if the partners don't find any red flags in each other, they are likely to progress into an exploring phase of the relationship. While interacting with each other in that state, by sharing experiences and by verbal and physical exploration of each other, the partners get to know one another. They develop trust, a feeling of safety, acceptance, and respect. For relationships that follow this pattern, exploring lays the foundation for moving into a state of deeper connection. People can derive a great deal of satisfaction from relationships that are in the exploring phase. It's blissful to have a partner or partners to share adventures with and to enjoy companionship with. Many deep connections reach their peak in that state. There is, however, a potentially more deeply connected state of relationship, that of bonding. The bonding state reflects the operation of different neurobiological mechanisms than those that underlie attraction. Bonding is chiefly mediated by the hormones oxytocin and vasopressin, which promote attachment in the sense of creating ongoing affiliation and preferred connection. It's conjectured that those attachment mechanisms reflect the evolutionary advantage of having both partners contribute to the many demands of child-rearing. 
However, the manifestations of attachment extend far beyond the narrow domain of raising progeny. Few of the relationships that one participates in during the exploring phase of relationship are likely to mature into the bonding phase. Bonding entails the establishment of commitments between the partners, that is, in essence, promises of support and presence that the partners make to one another. Those promises reflect a willingness to make a significant investment of time, money, or other resources in the relationship. They also reflect the willingness of each partner to voluntarily reduce their range of free choice so as to consider the needs of the partner. Relatively few deep connections warrant taking on those costs. As might be expected, bonding offers special benefits, along with the aforementioned costs. Knowing that one's partner is willing to make those investments in a relationship can create a sense of safety, respect, and feeling valued that perhaps nothing else can convey to a similar extent. Those felt benefits facilitate a willingness to accept mutual vulnerability, even in areas of one's life that are the hardest to share with anyone. It's wonderful to feel seen and known and cared for. While all of those things are available to some extent in relationships that are in the exploring phase, those benefits can come into full expression in a bonded relationship. The three relationship states that we've reviewed so far, first impressions, exploring, and bonding, all trend in the direction of progressively strengthening the connection between partners. They also occur in sequence, in the order listed, reflecting the actions of a cascade of neurobiological influences. It's also important to note that relationships can decline in terms of emotional intensity and commitment by the partners. Few relationships are forever, and even those which turn out to last a lifetime evolve in terms of how the partners experience their connection. Intimate relationships are a bit like a reef which grows through the constant creative actions of myriad coral polyps. Sunlight and tropical waters promote that growth, just as relationship investment and time spent together strengthen an intimate bond. Over time, though, the coral growth can slow, and the unrelenting forces of pounding surf can erode the reef. Similarly, life changes, the personal evolution of individual partners, and a decline in interest and personal allure due to overfamiliarity can all erode the strength of a long-term committed relationship. The trajectory of an intimate relationship reflects that contention between these opposing forces of growth and decline over time. As we've noted in prior episodes, the fire and passion that often accompany the start of a new intimate relationship don't last. They normally fade within a matter of from six months to two years. That's enough time to carry a couple well into the exploring phase, or perhaps into bonding. At that point, though, other aspects of relationship, such as companionship or shared life goals and activities, may have become central elements of the relationship. During those same two phases, the partners usually learn a great deal about each other. Some of what's learned may be welcome, such as developing shared interests and coming to understand and respect one another more deeply. In other areas of shared life, though, what's learned may be less welcome. Irritating habits may emerge, lack of consideration and caring may become evident, or a sense of mismatch may develop. If and when an intimate relationship starts to wear thin, we can think of the relationship as entering a state of fading. Weakening of the relationship bond may occur in one or potentially all of the facets of connection, physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. The fading may be almost imperceptibly gradual, or it can be quite sudden, such as in response to a betrayal or infidelity in the relationship. If one or both partners perceive fading of their connection, they're presented with a choice. 
They can try to diagnose and reverse the fading, or they can agree to change the form of their relationship, or they may decide to end the relationship. All of those options occur within a relationship state that can be thought of as morphing, or changing the nature of the relationship. Often, fading can have relatively superficial and reversible causes, such as partner distractions from their relationship by other life activities, or unsatisfied desires that might be addressed by discussing and adjusting the partner's priorities or activities. Other causes of fading can be difficult or even impossible to address. Accumulated feelings of betrayal, lack of respect, or lack of support might fall into that category. Unless both partners consciously engage in a negotiated relationship restoration process, the fading is likely to continue. At some point, the relationship may cross a threshold of viability, and one or both partners may opt out of the relationship. The course of relationship fading and the possible path to repair will differ with each relationship. There is no one stereotypical pattern to the evolution through those relationship states. We can summarize all of the preceding thoughts by noting that relationships are dynamic, living things, which are characterized by change and individuality. There is no universal cradle-to-grave evolutionary path that applies to all intimate relationships. There are, however, some common relationship state transitions, such as from first impressions, to exploring, to bonding. Partners who seek lasting and deeply satisfying relationships are wise to expect and stay alert for changes in their connection, and they can best support their connection by remaining flexible and responsive to each other. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion, and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.